Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Switching Stances, a combat sports podcast. We are a combat sports network. I am one of your hosts, Tyler, joined by my very good friend, Ollie, also known as Gaz, which is what I'm going to call him. How are you, my friend? How are you going? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm very good. I'm excited to be here. We've been prepping this and planning this for so long. I'm just so buzzed and excited. I've been sick all week. It's delayed the recording of this episode. But even though I'm still getting over it, we're here, we're excited, we're ready, man. Like, I'm just pumped to launch this with you uh, and, and just get it going and show the world. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, um, it's weird. We've done a couple test episodes over the course of like a year. Yeah. And it's weird. It's a long time getting, coming, man. It's weird getting to one that's going to see the light of day and that, that we yes. know is going to see the light of day. Yeah. Like, we did our first episode together like behind the scenes almost a year ago, I reckon. Mm, um, yeah. And it was for, we were literally trying to figure out which card it was for. It was either for like the Whitaker yeah. Adesanya fight or it was for the Korean zombie Volkanovski. But I was away at Formula One that weekend. So like, I oh, don't even know. Shit. Remember that? That you were. Remember you, yeah, remember yeah, you yeah, had yeah. to like not spoil me? Like I was like, do not I have to like me. give you. <laughs> yeah, just tell yeah. me if Volk wins. You know, yeah, and you were like, all you said was once it happened. I was nervous, even sitting in the stands, like watching the Formula One race. I was sitting there, and you go, "Enjoy the race, Tyler. There's levels to this." And I was like, "Oh, sweet, we're good, <laughs> we're good, we're good." Yeah, I think I, I think I said, "Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Enjoy the race." Yeah, yeah. So I didn't spoil what happened, but I could relax knowing Alexander Volkanovsky is the UFC undisputed featherweight champion. I'm pound number one. And undisputed. now pound for pound number one, undisputed, without question, um, which we will talk a lot about in this episode of Switching Stances. But I do want to talk about, because this is a new venture for myself and for you, um, mm-hmm. and a new world we're entering with combat sports and MMA. Obviously, we've been, both been around it a while. Um, I've been around it uh, 10 years of my life, more or less now. Um, and it's just great to finally do something with it but I, we've both come from a different community a different space online which is that of video games and movies and tv and sort of nerd culture really like, yeah i've had podcasts for years with um within the four pillars with james and as always um d- covering video games covering fucking marvel movies and just general movies and things like that and lifestyle podcasts on the as always patreon like there's a lot I've done, and obviously there's an audience that's going to be carried over to this show right from the get-go, as well as our contacts within the MMA community we've made mm-hmm. um, in the online space. But I felt like we sort of had to address this transition, had to talk about how we got here first. So people that maybe have come from the Four Pillars community and are checking this out, that I know there's a lot that love combat sports, and they're going to jump on this and join, yeah. join the ride. But what this sort of network is... To us, I guess I wanted to give a bit of the mission statement before we get into maybe the personal you and I, what we want Switching Stances to be as like a combat sports network, not just this show that's on YouTube and podcast services, but also within the online MMA community as a sort of community space to interact, to discuss combat sports. That includes boxing as well and Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu. Like we're going to cover the news and follow the whole sort of realm of it. Obviously, MMA is both of our main sports that we follow. That's what we'll mainly be covering and breaking down. But when it comes to news and topics, there'll be that as well. But we've been a part of a lot of online communities and there's some toxic shit out there. The video game stuff is 
Some of it's very embarrassing. You know that as well as anybody. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it can get dicey. It can get tough. But when it comes to the MMA community, I feel like there's a really good part of it and then there's a lot of toxic shit within it too. In fact, it's one of the most ruthless online communities I've ever seen. I remember when I became a fan at first, I was like, these people are like, I'd go to, I'd click on a comment say, back dude, 10 years ago, if you went on a Facebook post or like a Twitter post and you went to the replies of the comments, dude, that shit was disgusting, bro. It was yeah. wild. The sort of shit people were talking. It is way more civilized now that the sport's blown up the way it has. And people are the more general person, not just the caveman knuckle dragging Neanderthals that founded this sport, much respect to them. But I feel like what you and I want this community to be is a place, a, a, I, I think a safe place for like regular people to have conversations about the sport, break down the sport and respect all athletes and respect each other. This isn't a place to be throwing shit at each other. And it's not like, I you know, I spend so much time in the MA community and you go to so many different circles and it's just fucked. And I think a place where we can be a part of sort of moderating it and bringing some light to it, I'd like to think, um, will just be a sort of difference for us compared to other spaces within the MMA community. There's a lot of amazing places, but I think carving out our own corner of it is important as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, it's rough. You look in comment sections of like fighters who've recently lost and all it will be is pictures of them getting knocked out or choked out or just insults being hurled um (laughs) and it is it's rough so i yeah i'd like to sort of steer clear of that sort of stuff um obviously like we'll criticize fighters if if there's things to talk if there's things to talk about jones or dana white yeah fuck those guys but they're in the news and we're going to talk about them but I think for you and I, for sure. there's a way to go about it. Um, and there's, I think it's more of just respecting each other and just being regular people that can talk about the sport and love the sport and spread that sort of positivity, whether that be through fucking humor, some memes, just general discussion and caring about the sport. We don't have to like be assholes to each other. You and I are not drama people. We're not going to get involved in drama. That's just not who we are. Um, and that's just what I think this space is going to be. And it's going to be fun to talk about MMA and cover these topics um, and talk about the news and all that sort of stuff. And you're someone that practices mixed martial arts yourself and also is an up and coming MMA journalist and writer and an amazing writer at that. So it's going to be amazing for this network and to see you grow with it and how you go as a person hosting your own show for the first time. Like this is your first proper show you've hosted. Yeah. How yeah, do you yeah, feel yeah, very about much that? so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be weird to sort of jump in this for the first. I mean, I'm very new to writing about MMA. I'm very new to MMA generally. So, well, why don't you talk to fun. us about about your MMA journey then? Like, how did you start? Where did it all come from? Should I go first because it leads into you? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, you go first. I was, I was, I was asking you, and then I thought, oh, maybe I should go first because this will make a lot of sense to the story. Um, well, I obviously, for those who don't know, started doing podcasts, uh, about video games and other things, um, over eight years ago, almost nine years ago now, um, and had a YouTube channel almost 11 years ago covering video games. And 
it was around 2014 that I really got into MMA. And I'd watched fights before and I'd been things. I grew up loving WWE and pro wrestling. So when Brock Lesnar joined the UFC, I remember watching certain Brock Lesnar fights at the time. I remember watching Chris Weidman, Anderson Silva too, when Anderson broke his leg. Like there's MMA fights and UFC fights I'd seen and watched and been a part of that sort of following, but just very casually, very from the distance. But it was 2014. I really sort of picked up into the space and it was for me, Conor McGregor, like the Dustin Poirier fights, the sort of first memory I, I have um, in 2014 and really going like, oh, I'm really in on this sport. Like, this is really cool. And following the DC John Jones rivalry. And just within that, by 2015, I was like, I'm going to start training. And I probably did my first MMA class early 2015. Um, and then over the past eight years, I've had different phases of how much I would train, whether it's like I went to a gym twice a week or once a week. I did jujitsu only for quite a few years, um, like once a week, twice a week, just for sort of fun. Um, but just love the sport and practice the sport through COVID got really into my striking. And then I sort of left in terms of training it left completely, um, for a good 12 months. And I was focused just on my health and running. And I did a half marathon a triathlon last year and sort of that was where my energy was going but for the last 18 months I've been full-time more or less and especially the last six months training hours and hours a day every day um, for MMA determined to fight 18 months ago I, I sort of went through this change in my life of things I wanted and realized that that's a goal I'd had for a long time it's something I'd envisaged for a long time so for me for this for this network and this show we're here to talk about MMA and and our love for MMA, but I also want to follow and sort of chronicle the journey for you guys as a writer and someone that loves MMA and practices MMA. And also for myself, who I plan on fighting multiple times this year, Muay Thai, mm -hmm. Jiu Jitsu and MMA um, by the time the year's over. So I want to be able to follow that, putting out videos, vlogs, fight reactions. This channel is going to have a lot here on YouTube. If you're listening on podcast services, the YouTube channel is going to have a lot of video content. The social media is going to have lots of content there for you guys to interact with. So my MMA journey has sort of always been there in the background for the past 10 years. And I talk about it sometimes on those other shows I used to do, but not a lot. People know I was into it. I tweet a lot about it, but it's just something I've always been passionate about. And it's a, such a huge part of my life. And it's just makes sense to finally move properly full-time into it like every day i'm practicing this shit it's just bizarre last year i was still talking about video games doing podcasts and other things and my heart was here my heart was already here mm. you and i have known we've been going to do this show for over a year really let's be honest with ourselves yeah yeah it's been around that we've known this is coming and it's just finally we were just placing all the things in place that needed to be there i needed to leave my old stuff behind and we could properly commit to what this could be. Cause I didn't want to half ask it. I didn't want to just do a show with you when we could do more than just a show. We can have a network. We can do more, have a community that we build for MMA um, for mm. each other, for ourselves. And yeah. And that's, that's how, that's my journey, I guess, into, into MMA uh, and the love for the sport. I've gotten to see a lot of UFCs live, thankfully. Um, and just, yeah, falling in love with the sport endlessly. 
I guess if I was going to say who my favorite fighter coming into it was, it was Conor McGregor was the guy that got me started in those early days and seeing his rise, becoming champion for the first time, then double champ, the Mayweather stuff, all that. Um, and then getting to follow the Aussies, the Anzacs sort of come up from where we had nobody really. We had like Kyle Noak, Jake Matthews, like Dan Kelly. Like those are the guys that were fighting on the UFC at the time and no one was ranked. Mark Hunt was the guy that main evented every Australian card. Now we have the pound for pound number one UFC featherweight champion. We've had multiple world champions in Australia and New Zealand and multiple title challenges. We have so many ranked guys. Like we've taken over the sport so it's just been a, it's a great time to be an MMA fan from my part of the world um, and it's exciting especially to start off this show with this card it makes total sense for me um, and you and I met Gaz and I met through my online community that I used to run shows with the Four Pillars and you became a big part of that community we've been good friends for a long long time now uh, and yeah. you fell in love with MMA a few years ago do you want uh, so now your turn tell us yeah okay yeah so i was at, i was in my first year of uni um and i was walking back from the shops and i just had some of the old um kilconnor clubs was what they were then um <laughs> my old podcast I, yeah yeah i was listening to them and you were talking about mcgregor khabib and i remember you used to get i think you got a minute timed was that on Club? I thought when that was you... on Clubhouse, or was that on the As Always podcast? No, 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 no. You had that on. You had that on. Um, on As Always. Yeah. Uh, you got a minute timed when you wanted to talk about MMA because yeah, James knew. James didn't get. James didn't care at all, and I yeah. think you knew most of the audience probably didn't either. So it was just for yeah. you to get out your passion and like the th- I was three or four very people. Mad that day. UFC two twenty nine. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was when Conor and Khabib um, fought, and then obviously the brawl afterwards. Yeah. And you Dude, were that was twenty eighteen. How... That was four and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. Yeah, I watched that with my jujitsu coach and my like jujitsu training partners, and we were just felt. I felt sick, bro. I hated it. Mm. I hated it. It was just like such a stain on the sport to me. And embarrassing that that was the thing people were seeing, like a brawl outside the camp. Like that's not martial arts, bro. That's just caveman bullshit. But I think but you anyway. talking about it like that. I think you talking about it like that definitely pulled me in a bit more because I think it sort of helped me see it less as just caveman brawling and more yeah. as like okay, there's like elements to this and there's like mm. unspoken rules and I mean they are spoken, I suppose. But you know there's. <laughs> there's sort of like a code in a way um yeah and that sort of drew me in and then the joaquin buckley knockout happened that's how fucking new i'm like a pandemic baby to this thing you are Um, that was like there's certain waves people came into the sport conor mcgregor was one but i feel like he had multiple mm -hmm. waves his waves was over years i was at the beginning of the wave he just knocked out Diego Brandao in dublin in 2014 he was about to fight dustin i was seeing clips on youtube of him calling Dustin a pee head and a journeyman. And I was like, saw some video compilation of it. I was like, this shit's hilarious. Um, mm. And then just fell in love with it after. I was like, this guy can't talk this much shit. There's no way he's that good. No one's that good. This is real. I'm used to WWE where it's all scripted. And then I see him knock him out. And I was like, this is insane. This is some pro wrestling shit. And I love it. And I was just in. 
and for you you were in the other big wave which was the pandemic where dana full credit to him got this sport back running fucking fast during that shit yeah. april 2020 yeah yeah it was whenever that buckley and i can't remember the other guys oh kasanganai um the yeah. buckley kasanganai sort of like caught the kick and did like a jump back kick to the face yeah um and that went viral and so i went back and watched it was in the prelims and i didn't know what was going on really i didn't know that like the prelims were prior to another card i thought it was just like a smaller card with smaller fighters on it so i went back and i watched the prelims on fight pass and all through the prelims were little adverts for the next fight which was um ortega versus zombie and True, so which I was went at the back... end of 2020 that was like november yes. 2020 it was it was october 2020 i think okay yeah. yeah yeah um and i went back and i watched through all of the korean zombies career and all of brian ortega's career and i watched brian ortega and i was like oh my god this guy's a wizard like how does yeah. he do i i had no like you can understand on a basic level you can understand um striking sports i think you can look at someone punch someone and be like oh yeah that's like that makes sense i see how he did that you know you can see someone kick someone in the head and you get it seeing him choke cub swanson and like hanging from his guard like hanging in full guard from his waist and then like drop down and readjust the choke i (laughs) i was fucking baffled uh, how that worked i was like this guy's the best fighter ever i've never seen anything like this um oh, dude i i that's so funny that brian ortega was your first guy yeah getting yeah, into yeah, the sport was... i like i get it i remember early into me being hardcore obsessed watching a fight night in 2015 i was looking up to double check who we fought tiago tavares is my first brian ortega <laughs> memory this is pre reebok era yeah. this is when they could wear their shorts and have all the like their sponsors on it and yeah brian ortega got taken down all three rounds but but from the bottom was beating the piss out of tiago like elbowing him mm. tiago was bleeding. Yeah, just dropping was him like, onto elbows wasn't i it? couldn't believe it. i'd never seen anything like it where a guy that's on his back with a guy on top of him is winning the fight via striking and he would just get dominant position he would get in himself in a good position to land strikes and then he finished it by like tko in the third round mm. crazy person to follow but i understand because it's not like you said it's it's more than and that's what's gotten you into the sport it's it's a being about more than the brawl more than just we love a brawl now right we love a fight we love a scrap mm. but to know that there's more to this that this is yeah. discipline this is skill this is thought this is like a lot of mind into this sport into this game and Brian Ortega is a prime example of that because he's a jiu-jitsu practitioner but the way he uses it is so exciting so like cerebral that no one else really can do what Brian Ortega can do and when you see him do it live you're like no way this is different this isn't just a punch and brawl guy this is a guy that wins because he's more skilled than you in a way you'd never think of because he knows something you just don't know you know what a punch looks like but you don't know how a guy can come up with like a guillotine from standing the way he did that you would never have expected that to finish the fight that way it's unreal yeah and like he almost had him in a dance choke at one point or maybe an anaconda 
Yeah. And that sort of shit where you're like, oh, he's got the arm in, but that's like choking him as well. And he's like, he's rolled yeah. to his back yeah. now and they're like touching their heads together and shit. It's just, it doesn't look, well, until you understand like all the moving parts, it doesn't look real. It doesn't look like something that would work. It looks like some movie bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It 100% does. And I think it's such an exciting person to have as your first guy. Um, yeah. Even though he's Volk's son, which is fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Brian Ortega. Okay, I fucking love him. Fine. He's always been one of my... Fa- like, when he fought Max for the first time, I was rooting for Brian. I was rooting for T-City. Hmm. Um, I was watching with my mate Joel, who I did jiu-jitsu with, and we were both, like, sat there in silence after he lost. We are like, jiu-jitsu lost today. It's like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> but we love Max Holloway, too. Yeah, we love everyone sure. Sure. except John Jones. Um, so anyway, yeah, that, <laughs> that'll be a theme throughout the history of this show. Um, John Jones fans, beware! This is not the show for you. Um, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, neither of us are particularly particularly no. fond. I would go as far as say I fucking hate the cunt, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, he's a scumbag piece of shit, but it's okay. He's a part of the sport. We have to talk about it because it's our job now. Um, Will I sit here and say, if I was like, who's the greatest fighter of all time? I'm still going to say it's John Jones. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and pretend he's not as good as he is at the sport. Doesn't mean I fucking like the human being. Yeah. I think he's a scumbag piece of shit. But that's just me. That's just my two cents. Anyway, um, we'll get into that over the coming weeks with his fight approaching. Um, yeah. But that's exciting. And so what led you, I guess, from that point? You've watched a few cards to I remember following this journey you would message me every day I'm watching this person now I'm up to this part every car that would come up you would go back and watch the history of all their fights leading yeah. up to it you were like immersing yourself in the sport you were loving the sport you were obsessed with the sport and already you've been watching this sport for just over two years bro not that long you no. have picked this shit up so fast you have a mind for it like no one I've seen that quickly when it comes to knowing what you're looking at because I send you a, a video of me sparring, like around a spar. I'm like, oh, dude, what do you think of this? And you're not going to come back with, you actually know what you're looking at. Yeah. And it's so nice to hear because you'll say things. I'm like, you understand what I'm doing. And there's so many people that just find, like most people don't know what they're looking at. I remember hearing uh, Izzy, um, Israel Adesanya, say that a lot. He's like, most people don't know what they're looking at when he's breaking down footwork and striking. I'm like, I get what he's saying. Because people don't mm. understand that the footwork and the foot position or the hands on, on sure, your sure. everything together and how it works all together the setting of traps you get it I've not seen that I didn't know how to do that two years into the sport bro I've been involved in this for almost 10 years like I know obviously now very well but like it took me a long time to get that and you get that it's incredible and it's perfect for someone that's an analyst like yourself and, and an up and coming writer so what sort of I guess what's your what's your goals and ambitions with MMA as a sport and for yourself and what sort of led you to that point from the becoming a big fan to practicing the sport riding for the sport I think mid mid 2022 I was sort of looking to write something I wanted to just get thought and you know what it was I wanted to get thoughts out somewhere on Allen versus uh, Hooker and oh yeah. Why? And yeah. I was like, why? why I was like, why did Hooker lose this? Yeah, sad one. Happy yeah. one for me. Sad one for yeah. you. Sad um, one for me. That's all my boys. 
but I, and I just kept um, I found this MMA life which is just like a forum um, and began writing my like stuff sort of long form there and my first real like like fight analysis piece was Oliveira versus Gaethje yeah um, I think I think it was that Love. and yeah and I was just like what these guys are both really cool and it's such like a one guy's brilliant here one guy's brilliant here yeah you know that is, it's a very much like a grappler versus a striker matchup yes um, and obviously Oliveira effectively knocked him out and then choked him but um, no one was really expecting Oliveira I don't think to do that well in the stand up when Gaethje was known for wading forward and smacking you but Oliveira did everything right like there's those fake teeps which sort of function to um get rid of the calf kick and like stigmatize the calf kick and every time justin would go for it you know 50 percent of the time he'd just swing into air and out position himself and like fall over or he'd get clipped with a counter and it was just stuff like that where i was like this is he's doing everything right to beat gaichi even if he's yes. getting knocked down a couple of times and also, like, him getting knocked down was very much... He got hit, and he was like, Oh, no. I'm going to fall back, because I know he's not going to come into my guard. He's he's not confident there. Um, Which has been an Oliveira staple for a while, and it's a really smart... He gives himself, like, a boxing 10 count. Yeah. Um, just by being able to, like, chill on the mm. ground and know that no one's going to come for him. And, like, the people that have... Well, Chandler, well someone's going to come fucking, for him. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Like, but like Chandler, Chandler showed yeah. no concern there, and he almost knocked him out. You know, he Oliveira fell to the ground, and then Chandler was like, "Sound, I'm here, I'm still swinging." Yeah, um, it was just the clock, and really. Islam obviously also had no qualms, just jumping in there and choking him. Yes, true. Um, but but Gaethje versus Oliveira was the first fight where I looked at him and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is a guy doing everything that you should do to beat Justin Gaethje." Yeah, and I want to write about that because I think that's really smart, and not enough people are talking about that. I don't, I didn't think at the it's time because not enough people um, can see it, bro. That's why we need you. That's why we need you. <laughs> oh, there's definitely you. like a there's a solid community. I, I'm surprised more people don't write, to be honest, because there's a solid community, bro. The MMA community MMA has been 20... for ten years of it's 20, 30 years now of Neanderthal knuckle draggers, bro. What do you mean they don't write? They didn't. Most of them didn't know how to write ten years ago, bro. <laughs> Most of the people no, that fucking watch this sport like, couldn't read. What do you mean? Like, oh my god! With all due respect to everybody that watched before, <laughs> but like, there's a there's a good there's a good amount of people within like MMA Twitter space um, who are genuinely fucking smart. And like, there are some you know some people are definitely like better at breaking down wrestling or grappling or this specific element. Um, yeah, and I, find, oh, I, I, find I mean, it odd that I people will do the long form. For sure, for sure. But like, there's. I find it odd that there's um, so many people that do this long form tweet content and threads and stuff, and don't put them out into articles, um, and just have them all yeah. in one place. Because yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of just like untapped, like knowledge going out because it's so easy to fucking lose a tweet. But I can link to my like where I've written all my stuff, and it's all there, and I can just like pull that back and be like, oh yeah, I talked about this here. Yeah, um, yeah, and so I just want to, I just want to take that and see where it goes because I, I yeah. fucking love writing about this sport and I love well, talking do wanna, about this do sport. Do you want to plug yourself and who you write for? 
Oh yeah, I do. I do some like preview stuff for Combat Sports UK. Um, I did what's my most recent one? I did something on Kato versus Allen. I think it's been a while. Because um, the fights I write about keep getting cancelled <laughs> or, or changed. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh, that was it. I did. I did a preview for Gastelum versus. Oh God, I remember. Um, yeah. which, which then is just didn't why happen. Would you even? Yeah, yeah. I like Kelvin Gastelum, man. Do you I'm, really? Do you really? I do. No one likes Kelvin Gastelum. We, we, I like we, him. Oh God. I don't. I, I mean, like look, we, he's. A, we don't even tolerate him. That's not. That's not nice. I. We. We just sort. Of, he's just sort of there. You know. I'm glad he's there. He's. I'm. I'm. I'm happy he's there than not be there. But like. Yeah. You know in what? Fairness, like be. one of my favorite fights of all time involved him. Him versus Izzy for the interim title is one of my favorite fights ever. It's fucking awesome. It might be. I think I've got a thing where if I see someone involved in a cool fight for the first time that I see them. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, I get it. No, I you just, don't say I no just more. attach myself to them and I'm like, these guys are cool. And the first time I really saw Gastelum was him versus Whitaker. And that was a yeah, fucking got... Rob Whitaker masterclass. And we love Bobby um, Knuckles here on this show. I'll tell you that right. <laughs> we fucking love him on this show. Everyone from Australia and New Zealand that fights, we love on this show. Just going to throw uh, that in there. I'm all right on Jamie Malarkey, personally. Um, <laughs> I think he's funny. He's, he's, a, he's one Jamie that I'm Malarkey. very happy to make fun of. Um, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jamie but Malarkey. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely a bit of a fake Aussie at times. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. You're, you can be an honorary <laughs> Aussie Kiwi. I'm a citizen of both nations. So I can I can give that mm-hmm. out I can hand that out I'm def- I'm obviously way more Australian than New Zealander but I am you know my father's a Kiwi I'm a citizen of the country too been there multiple times love New Zealand love love Kiwis mm-hmm. so you're an honorary Anzac um, oh thank while you, you while you're while you're around me while you're around me just stick with me <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fine like I've managed to somehow secure myself. English co-host left, right, and center. I've done a lot of podcasts yeah. in my time. I've had you are the fifth, fourth co-host of a show I've ever had um, on a permanent basis, and everyone's been English. Um, that's been a thing. Well, no, that's yeah, not that true because odd. if you count the Dynamite show, David. So that was two Aussies. I was gonna say, and if you count the one you did with Jared and Patreon, which was true, a the spin-off, pa- which is they're like more of a spin-off thing. Yeah, yeah, true. Like I've done things with obviously my mates here, but. Uh, it's just funny. I've gone from one English bloke to another English bloke. Um, <laughs> and you're both, you have, you and James have a, a lot of similarities too that I love as well. <laughs> you're both very stubborn and very intelligent people. And I love annoying the fuck out of both of you a lot. So it's just <laughs> great. And it's you do, you do manage great. it. I do. I've always been, I've always been very good at that fact. Ask every member of my family. Um, ask all my friends. Um, <laughs> I'm good at fucking bothering people if I want to. Pushing uh, buttons. Oh, mate, I'm a button pusher. It's what I do. <laughs> it's what I do. Um, and I love to do it. Love to do it. Um, but yeah, here we are. And here I'm excited to, to get this cracking. And, you know, it's a bit w- weird moving on from the Four Pillars community into this space. As well, and that's obviously it's not just me that have hosted these shows. You, you, you were a big part of that community, and it was a big part of your life. 
I don't really yeah, know it's how we- I'm feeling about it. It, I, it's weird for me from going from listening to you and James once yeah. a weekend, twice a week, you know. Yeah. There, you had fucking three shows that you were juggling at once towards the end of it. Don't miss um, that. Don't miss that. <laughs> I do miss it, but I don't miss the amount of work it was. Yeah, for sure. Mm. <sighs> it, no, yeah, I get so it. It's, it's weird going from being a consumer of that to then sitting down and talking to you and being like, oh, people are going to see this, actually. This isn't just like a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, even though we would have be having this conversation off camera, off microphone. Um, yeah. We would still have the conversation, which is which is funny. But now we're recording it. Now we're doing a show and um, mm-hmm. it's great. I'm stoked that we're here. It is strange to not be doing a show with James and the boys. I miss them. Like, I've been missing not talking to James every week like I do um, in that way. Uh, I still obviously talk to all the boys, but I haven't done a voice call with them in a while. And yeah, it's just it's just a bit odd. It's going to take getting used to. It's going to take getting used to. And I know James and I have done shows together for so many years. We had to have a conversation before we wrapped up to make sure we put in effort as friends afterwards because we sort of, our friendship could run because we did shows together. We knew we would see each other, but without that, we're like, we've never had to have that, put in that extra effort. Where it's not about shows. Yeah. So it's like definitely need to be active in doing that because, you know, James, Ethan and George are very special people in my life. And that community is a very, will always be in my heart and I'll always be a part oh, of it. Oh, for sure. Obviously. For sure. For sure. Um, and anyone yeah, from I mean, the community I- that loves combat sports, fucking here we go. Let's go. And you want to see me fight? This is, stick around. You know, mm-hmm. I plan on you know, being on your screen to watch fight in MMA before the end of 2023. You know? Um, you better win. Well, fuck, mate, I, pl- I certainly plan on winning. <laughs> well, this is what I thought about it. And and it was um, a Dan Hooker thing. I'd already felt this way, but but I saw, because Oscar Willis from the Mac Life debuted, had his first MMA fight. Uh, end of last year yes. and he's good friends with Dan Hooker and Dan Hooker said to him again the advice mate if you're all lit, like should I tell people that I'm going to fight or should I just tell them my second fight so I don't have that pressure and Dan's advice is if you're going to fight you better be all in so and if you're all in you're telling everybody fuck it yeah you know and I'm and I agree that's how I feel I'm like because I've already I've, I've told so many people I'm fighting I've told people yeah. I work with people I fucking meet on the street They'll, you know I, I, I tell people and I'm not afraid of it because I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck if I get knocked out. It doesn't matter because I also know I'm one in a fucking very few that would have the balls to even do this. So whatever. Like someone says I'm shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. What are they doing? They're not going to fight. And if they do, they're yeah. like, yep, yeah, fair enough. You got me. You've got to cop. You <laughs> fucking take it, man. You know, if you're getting in there, yeah. you lose. You got you to gotta be able to take it. I got thick skin. I'm fine with that. I've been around this online space getting hate for a long fucking time. I don't care. Like, it doesn't phase me. It is what it is. Um, I'm yeah. Even posting a clip of me drilling, sparring, anything, I know is going to be scrutinized. Or has the potential to be scrutinized. And you've just got to roll with it. you got to know yourself. And I know me. I know what I'm capable of. I'm not going to be a fucking world champion. I'm not here to be a world champion. I'm here because I love the sport and I want to partake in the sport. And I, I know I've done it long enough and I know I'm good enough and I know I work hard enough to do well. Whether that yeah, means I just put on some really good competitive fights, but I lose. Or I win some, lose some. Or I win 
all of them. I'm not going to fight forever. I'll fight for a couple of years um, here and there and, and just enjoy it, just challenge myself and see and see how we go. But I'm going to be following and be a fan of the sport, breaking it down and training it for a long, long time in my life. So I'm here to stay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this community definitely has a good amount of armchair experts. Um, like, oh, man, do you see, um, you know, Vulcan, have you been watching Embedded? Yeah, dude, fucking oath have. Uh, someone took like Volkanovsky's drills where he's like striking and then someone's like running in and trying to take him down, like the spider circuit. Yeah, well, but also that's um, regular training for MMA. Hitting yeah, pads yeah, and doing well, wrestling rounds where you have fresh guys coming right. in and taking you down, then you've got to get back up and hit pads. It's super normal. Right. That's fight fitness. Yeah, yeah, right. But people were taking that and were like, oh, can you imagine like the Dagestanis looking at that? How ridiculous Volk must look. And it's like, you don't what? know what you're looking at. You don't know what you're watching. I haven't like, seen that because seems... that is, you're right. They don't know what they're watching. Yeah, it's it's just like, because that obviously that's like, it is like a weird constant frantic pace of like you know he's doing like five kicks on a pad and then someone's rushing in and trying to take him down and they're just trying to get him used to like the transition between those two phases there is nothing bro i've run marathons triathlons i've competed Mm. in sports i've trained fucking hard dude there is nothing harder i've ever trained than having to hit pads and then fucking wrestle people i'm telling you there's nothing I've ever done that's harder than that. No grappling, no striking, no sparring. When we have to do in fighters training, and it ha- we do it every week. I do what Volk was doing. Yeah, well, he does a way more way better. I'm not. I'm just more meaning people that saying people don't do that are fucking retarded. Um, sorry, R worded. Um, <laughs> and uh, for someone to say that that's ridiculous is insane. That is such a common yeah. thing to drill and train, and it is an important thing to drill and train. When we go to fighters training, and you'll hit pads, and you'll do a minute of pads, and then someone will yell, wrestle. And you've got a fresh guy that comes in and starts wrestling you, and then when whether you've taken them down or you get taken down a minute in, you'll get yelled, get up, and then you got to hit pads again. And bro, you have nothing... To lift your arms and try to hit pads with energy, bro, is fucked. It's fucking yeah. so hard. So Volk doing that, when I see them do the spiders, dude, I get so inspired because they go so much harder than I've ever gone. And I'm like, fuck, that is... People don't know how hard that is. People don't know the fitness required to do what Volk was doing there and to do it against the guys he was doing it to as long as he was doing it, as hard as he was doing it. Because fucking I couldn't, and I'm fit as fuck. I'm fit as fuck. And I could not even (laughs) imagine doing that. And the Dagestanis would be looking at that going, he's training hard. They're also doing that. I saw Islam doing that on Embedded as well. What's he talking about? It's bizarre. That's mental. That's mental. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what he's on about. But he's on about. They're, they're on about. I haven't seen that. Yeah. It triggers me. <laughs> I'll say that to you after the show. I'll let you stew for a yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we? Do we want to crack into the news? Let's do it. Let's get into the news, get into the topics, and then we will get into, of course, the fight breakdown for UFC 284 that's this weekend. Um, and I'm going to also post on this channel, on the YouTube, um, my fight reactions. Me and my friends, my friends that will come over, whoever that is. Um, probably Jared. Um, so there'll be a few characters, I guess, on the channel here and there, whether it's like people yeah. from my gym, um, 
if you ever do your fight reactions, I do my own, and whoever we watch with and stuff like that, it'll be fun. So there, there'll be um, some some good good funny content on there. I've done a lot of filming reactions, and I'm a very passionate person, and it's I think a good laugh. So um, I'm keen for that. But uh, yeah, let's get into the news. Let's do it. What do you got? Well, big, biggest one by far. Yeah. Um, Conor oh, McGregor. He's coming oh. back. Dude, the and he's coming is... back against the fight that I have been screaming for for have. fucking ages. So yeah. long. I've been like, Connor versus Chandler's the one to make. It's winnable for Connor. It's winnable for Chandler. Make yeah. it happen. Um, what do you What do you think of the booking? Because there are some people that wanted it to be Tony. I know um, Kyle from Combat Chronicles was very much like a. They're both incredibly washed. Um, yeah. let him let him let like let Tony have a big payday. He'll yeah. probably lose, but Connor's yeah. not much better, oh, and he's Tony, not going to get anywhere in the division. Tony would definitely lose that fight. I agree. I don't think Connor's close to as washed as Connor is. I think I don't Connor's think Connor's probably... washed at all. He's just been on steroids for a year. He's not washed. He he's definitely not washed. I think... I don't think he had the same sort of instincts that he once did. I mean, not to Agreed. just like Agreed. jump straight on the back of someone else's analysis, but like Henry Cejudo did a really good bit about oh God. Um, yep. over like about overextension, and he like took the Alvarez clip where he's doing like the the hook to straight combo that he catches Alvarez with, yeah, um, and how it's he's appearing far longer than he is and like getting inside really well and just catching Eddie by surprise, and you see him do that on Dustin, and he's leaning way out. And it's stuff like that where I'm like, he's not, he's not, he can win. He can definitely win ranked matchups, in my opinion. Yeah, um, at, least, at least before, at least before leg break, we don't know what he looks like with his leg. But, no, no, you're right. Um, but I don't think he's the fight he was. I think he's lost the instinct. I think he's, he doesn't train nearly as much. Yep, agree. I just, I don't think he's that guy I don't anymore. Cares. I, think I don't he's... think he cares as much. How can you? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. When he um, won that second belt, every goal he'd ever had was over. And he's a guy that runs and is motivated based on these goals. He had nothing left. He's like, let's go for the biggest fight of all time. Did the Floyd Mayweather thing. And then it was just sort of like, whatever happened, happened. <laughs> Everything after that, which for him has been pretty shit. Like, he sort of had the good comeback with Cowboy, and it looked like things were going to be amazing for him. And then the pandemic hit, and it just sort of fucked the whole Conor McGregor comeback. The pandemic fucked a lot of things. It also took away Tony Khabib. Like, it just... Yeah. Yeah. It ended a lot of things. So, it's just... There's a big what if on Conor McGregor's career. But at the end of the day, you're right. He's not the same as he was. The only fight I want to see... To answer your question, Gaz. The only fight I want to see Conor McGregor have is against one Nathan Diaz. That's the only fight yeah. I want to see. Uh, I want Did to see, see Conor the... McGregor and Diaz 3. And then I never want to see either of them fight ever again did you That's see that I there i think i think helwani mentioned that um they were looking at that for tough it might not have been helwani don't fucking quote me on that but yeah. someone was talking about the fact that there were talks between nate and connor's team yeah. regarding tough i don't know the validity of that but that would have been fun dude um, it would have been obviously. way fucking better are you kidding me it would have been the biggest fight of all time that would have sold more than khabib connor pay-per-view was i i've been how big the sport is yeah. now and how big Nate Diaz is and how big Conor McGregor is. The third fight, the trilogy. Dude, 100%. Their, their first two fights were in 2016. The sport's like 10 times the size now. 
And at the time, it was the two biggest pay-per-views of all time. Yeah. UFC 196 and UFC God. 202. Holy fuck. Like that 202 card. Like this card, those cards you just never forget. I'll never forget 196. Holly Holm, Misha Tate, to the Nate submitting Connor. UFC um, 202. Anthony Johnson, Glover to Shera. And Anthony Johnson mm. knocked him out in like five seconds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just Jesus like one uppercut. Mike Perry, I think, got like one of the most brutal like elbow KOs, I think, on Jake Ellenberger from memory. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like a sick, sick fucking card, 202. And then the main event, obviously, one of the greatest fights of all time, Conor McGregor Nate Diaz, too. That's the fight I want to see again. But if he's fighting Chandler, I think it's really right. It's winnable for both. It's a good matchup. People, the modern current fan knows Chandler. You know it's going to be a banger fight either way. I think stylistically on paper, Conor McGregor should win, should win well. Okay, yeah. That's my that opinion. That my next thing. I, I think Conor McGregor stylistically has beaten guys like Chandler his whole career. I think it favours Conor massively. I think Conor's got the um, more power. I think he's more skilled. I, th- um, I think he's faster. Honestly, I do think he's faster. He's probably not as explosive, but I think he's faster. Yeah. Um, but... I'm talking on paper from a Conor McGregor who we've not seen a lot of in the last five years. You know what I mean? When I look at octagon time, what I can look at, Khabib, he went four rounds with Shaw, but it was such a Khabib-styled fight. Yeah, grinding. I don't know what I don't know what Conor looks like really from that because um, he was on the defense the whole fucking time pretty much. Other than the third round, by that point, he's gassed. Then you've got mm. the two Dustin fights, which you look he looked good in the feet. And Dustin's Dustin Poirier, he's a phenol- like one of the best fighters in the world, pound for pound. Like, so I don't think Connor looks bad necessarily in those fights. He had his moments. Um I just think he didn't have the grit he used to have to withstand certain things he probably would have been able to withstand back in the day. Like Connor was known for, he was had a fucking chin on him, bro. And I think he mm. still does have a chin on him, but I don't think he has the fucking want as much when you've got hundreds of millions. You can get hit a few times. You're like, yeah, fuck this. I want to go home. You know what I mean? You're not sitting there <laughs> like, I have to win this for my fucking family so we can make millions. He's already made the millions. Hundreds of millions, in fact. Like, it's so what, you're, what you're saying is, what you're saying is 10 and 10 contracts. Big fan. Pay the fighters. Peanuts. Well, I would keep, say... Keep them hungry, Tom. Keep them hungry. I would say the only way you pay fighters is if they win. That's a real blood sport if I ever saw it. Um, no. I I just mean, you know, get in, get rich, get out. That's Conor McGregor's words. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't gotten out. He's gotten, no. gotten rich and fucking stuck around. Spends and we know in the history of combat sports... When you do that, the longer you stick around, it only ends one way, and that's with mm. your head on the mat, looking up at those lights, knock the fuck out. Like, that's how it ends for everyone, unless you get mm. the fuck out. Very few do. George St. Pierre, Khabib Nurmagomedov, like, they're two of very few people that made it to the top and just got the fuck out. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think <sighs> yeah. So I think I think on paper Connor should win, but the Connor we've seen the last couple of years, I just don't know what he's got. I just don't know what he's got in him. Because um, I think Chandler's f- a phenomenal fighter and a great athlete. And in Connor's day, Connor's going to beat this guy. Connor's a better fighter pr- in their primes. But again, you got an active guy that wants it 
that's tough as nails against a guy I don't know if he wants it or not. I'm pretty confident in Connor, to be honest. I think Chandler's hittable. Chandler, like Chandler, isn't the type of guy that's going to be as fresh in round one as he is in round five, which are the guys that Connor like notoriously struggles with. Um, yeah. As someone that also slows, it's going to be a real like they're both going to plateau at around the same time, and it's just going to be downhill from there. I almost yeah. reckon Connor has more in him. I think Chandler might try and nuke him early, and then be like, "Ah, oh, shit." Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be five rounds. It'll be a pay per view main event. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. But I don't think. I mean, I don't think it'll get to, to a decision, but I also don't think that it'll be a good fight in rounds four and five if it does get there. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think if I'm going to bet, I think Conor McGregor wins end of the second round. Yeah, I'd say That's within the first I, three, for sure. Yeah, I, I think um, Conor McGregor finishes him in, in the second or Michael Chandler finishes it in the first, maybe. You're just... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just see... Chandler getting hit with a straight whilst he's like running forward with his hooks. Um, so yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I, I that's all I can see when I look at that fight. I can't see Chandler mm. clocking him and putting him out for the count. Yeah. Um, it can happen, it can happen, but it's just I'm struggling to visualize it. Me too. Um, Me too. It's a long way off. I, I think a... that will you watch tough? I, I'm I, I'm gonna I have watch to watch tough. this. I'm gonna watch it now. There's no like a hundred percent. Conor McGregor, the king of the sports, back. And that I watched the the first tough. I reckon I watched every episode of was season twenty two with Conor and Uriah, and that shit was fucking awesome. Yeah, right. So I saw, I, I watched all of I watched all of Tough One a while back, just for the history. Oh, yeah, I've watched them since, but like at the time as they were airing. The only one I've watched oh. as they were airing was was I think the only one I've ever watched while it was airing was that tough. Or no, I did watch Joanna and Claudia, their their one because Joanna's my queen. I love her. Um, so I've you know. I've I've only Sorry I've my only ever watched. This is my original my original <laughs> queen is Joanna and Jacek. Because <laughs> she'll listen to this and then I'll and then I'll hear that. <laughs> so that's the thing. Mm. You have to explain that. Yeah. No. No. No, I will have just to put on, my, put my on, love for put on the Zhang fight. I've told you about um, UFC 193. It was the first UFC event I went to live. It was Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm. But the co-main was Joanny and Jacek defending, defending the strawweight belt against uh, Valerie Letourneau. And, dude, I was sitting mm. in the crowd. I was like, fucking let's go, Joanna. Fucking come on. Everywhere. And I'm like, that's four <laughs> rounds, babe. That's four rounds. You've got this. Just survive. You've fucking got the here's me and the nose fucking bleeds of a stadium with 60,000 people there. A guy turns to me and goes, bro, are you like Polish or something? I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> I was like, Either like, dead set thought I must have been Polish because I was just cheering for us so hard. It's like, no, I just love Joanna. Uh, I just, you want to talk about fighters, you watch fight and you fall in love with them from the start. When I saw her beat the fucking piss out of Carla Esparza to win the belt, bro, I was like, I love this girl. And then she finds Jessica Penne and gives that bitch a free nose job. Like, unbelievable stuff. Like, just elbows her, nose is bleeding. They're in Germany. Shit's crazy. Like, <laughs> so good. So good. Anyway. Um, I don't know how we got into that. Um, the the only tough I've oh yeah tough. had like I've had available to watch for me when it's airing is Volkanovski versus Ortega, which I gave a go. 
I gave it like a good five episodes and I was like, uh, I don't want to watch it that much. I've got like so many other things I could be doing. Um, yeah, like I just watched like the social media clips they put out of like Vulcan or Tiger doing so. I forget they, but I forget Vulcan or Tiger did a tough. Yeah, together. same. I yeah, also not even Vol the... can get me to watch tough, and Vol's my favorite fucking fighter. Nunez and Pena as well, oh, which God. I didn't touch oh. with a barge pole because. Oh God. Pena, I find deeply annoying, and oh, Nunez doesn't she, isn't she like, like anti-vax and like believe in conspiracies and shit? Yeah, uh, she she made a weird comment about um, when she won the belt. I think she is anti-vax as well. I think she did all that on Rogan, but she made a weird comment when she won the belt about being like the first real mum who's um, to be a champion. Oh, like, well, about Nunez, about Amanda Nunez, Nunez adopted. Oh, yeah, like Nunez adopted her kid, which is like. Oh, no, I think, I think it's more of like could have phrased that. Amanda, like Juliana gave birth, whereas Amanda. It is. Hasn't. It is. A, it is about that, but that's not what she said. She said, "I'm the first real mum." Yeah, it's not a good Which way to say like, that. Oh, hey, phrasing. it's not a good way to say yeah. it. It's a terrible way to phrase it. I know what you mean, but you need to be better yeah. at saying. Like, there's a valid point somewhere in there. Yeah, but you've not made it. Yeah, I oh, do, hundred percent. So we're we're both we're both happy with picking Connor there quite confidently. I I mean again I can easily see Chandler winning this if Connor shows up looking like shit. You know what I mean? We just don't know. We never know. But on paper, prime for prime, pound for pound, Connor McGregor should win this fight. Should win it well. That's what I think. Yeah. And it, the sport's yeah, always better when Connor McGregor's in it. I'll, I'll also say that he's done some fucked up shit, but he's done way more good for the sport than bad. He's the opposite to John Jones. John Jones has done fuck all for business. He's just shit. <laughs> Whereas Conor McGregor, we, this sport would not be where it is. We would not be sitting here right now if it no. wasn't for Conor. In spite of all the dumb bad shit he's, do he's done. He's done way more good than bad for the sport. And the sport is a better place when he's in it. I just hope he represents it to the best of himself and not the worst of himself. Because the best of Conor McGregor is phenomenal. Both as a human being and as a fighter. But he also has a bad track record where he's shown the worst of himself. And the worst of himself is terrible. Horrific for the sport. Yeah. So, I hope I hope we get the best of Connor in the future. Yeah, I th I've, I've got a feeling he's going to be pretty respectful with Chandler. Because Chandler has been sort of sniffing his nuts since before. Since when he was in Bellator. You know, he's always nah. been like, I love Connor. I think Connor's I think gonna... he will... I think Connor's gonna talk some mad shit, bro. I don't think he's gonna be like villainous, like against a Khabib or something, or even against a Dustin, where he's bringing up wife bullshit. But I think he's gonna definitely like just talk shit about how he doesn't give a fuck about this guy and he's a, like a pea head dweeb or something like that. Or like, <laughs> you know, I think he's gonna like put him down a lot. I think it might be more like the Uriah stuff, where it's sort of like he's prodding him and he's talking shit, but it's not yeah. like. It's not like nasty. There's sort of like a, a mutual smirk between the two, and like a, yeah, I can see that. Ah, good I one. Can see that. It'll be a bit more intense because they're gonna fight though. Whereas with Uriah, like yeah. it's like we're never gonna fight. We're sort of just like they end up being friends, you know. Yeah. One of my favorite clips was after the Hall of Fame announcement for Uriah and Connor and him running into each other like during a fight week or some media thing, and like Connor sees him and runs up to him and goes, "What's up, brother?" And then like they were hugging and chatting and. 
he goes, oh, lucky retired then, huh? Because I would have got you. And then your eyes like, I don't know. And then they just had a laugh and that was it. I was like, fuck yeah, I love that shit. <laughs> but with Chandler yeah. knowing they're going to fight, Connor's yeah. different. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll have to see it, I guess. Yeah. I just feel I, like, I don't know what Chandler will do. Because I think Chandler's pretty fucking... I think he kind of loves Connor. I don't know what I to think do. He, I, I mean, Connor, I mean, Michael Chandler. Then. Everyone that fights Connor loves Connor a little bit, you know. Especially yeah, the amount, but there's you know like what I mean? the amount of money like, they make. I, yeah, but there's like a difference between Eddie Alvarez, who was very much like "fuck this guy, I don't like him." Like he's. But I feel like, like he's a, it was he's after the Eddie Alvarez fight that everything changed. Where, dude, you don't remember, dude, back in the day when this all started with Connor, man. Like every fighter hated him. No yeah, one respected no, I, him. Back in the day, dude, well, when he was well. up and coming, all fight you watched anything, bro, they're like Connor's shit. He's just all talk, man. He's never done anything. He's not what he says he is. That was everybody. Whereas everybody now is like, well, Connor's the biggest name ever. Well, Connor's one of the best ever. Yeah, sure, like he's not the goat or anything, but like everyone mutually respects Connor McGregor within the sport today for what he's done for the sport and how big of a star he is. That was not the case at the time. That took so many years to happen. So, like, back in the day, even Eddie Alvarez, I feel like, was the last one. Khabib was different because that's a real, like, a real-world hatred. That went beyond sure. the sport. But, like, how it was with Cowboy and Dustin, the second, their second fight, like, that's now. That's new. That's very new. That, like, you can't talk shit about Conor. You can't say shit because he's not. He's a two-division world champion. One of the greatest to ever do it. Sure, he's not in his prime anymore. No doubt about it. But everyone should be like Michael Chandler is, except for true OGs that have fought him and been around from his day. If Nate Diaz talks shit to him, I get it. Because that's Nate Diaz. And they're, like, they're from the same era. That's you know, And they've come up against each other. RDA came up same era. RDA's talking shit. He's like, I'm better. Than, I'm the vet. Fuck you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's people that I'm like, yeah. I get why they want to talk shit to Connor because it goes beyond, sure, I don't give a shit what you've done for the sport. I've been around as long as you. You want to talk shit? Fucking let's go. Whereas the new age of fighter, Michael Chandler, is only, sure, he's been around a long time, but only been in the UFC a couple of years. Those are the guys that appreciate Connor. Those are the guys that are like, well, Connor's great for the sport. Whereas within his division, that's when you have people that sort of hate him. But they sort of have to be from his era, if that makes sense. Whereas if you yeah, see a 22 I mean, year old in the I UFC think... coming at lightweight, they're going to be like, "I started training because of Connor." Like it's different. Yeah, but you can definitely, you can definitely. I think as a new fighter, you can definitely look at Connor and be like, "Oh, he's off his head all the time. He's like wasted his fucking potential. Like he doesn't train. Who gives a fuck? He's washed." I think you can totally be like that as you know, so as a new like, as a new elite. Well, no, you t- but you totally can as a new elite of lightweight. I you guess totally so. Guy. I you mean, can totally look at that like, guy and be like, I feel like you should just say thank you, thank you, Connor, for allowing me the opportunity to be yeah. here because I wouldn't be. Yeah, but you like, I don't know, if, like as I don't know, Armand. Who's talking? Who knew is talking to like Connor? It would make no sense, bro. Unless they're like Khabib's best mate, it just doesn't make any sense. I've got. I mean, I've. I haven't heard him speak about that, but I've got a feeling like Gamrot, Dariush. I mean, Dariush would probably be alright with it, but like Gamrot, Sayukian, um, 
fucking Kitata Ladze, like those sorts of guys. I've got a feeling. Bro, you just made up some names. Been... None of those are real people. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, you no, fucking, no, you fucking I'm filthy casual. <laughs> I'm just joking, bro. Uh, fucking I won't even some... talk about... Dude, the new era of UFC Sayin fighters Yukon. that are from like all these like European, Asian countries... Mm is so funny that I'm like, man, these names are so much harder to pronounce. They used to be, it just used to be all Americans and a couple of Brazilians. It was so much easier back in the day. And now I'm like, I can't even pronounce who the fuck's in this division. Even when yeah, I hear it's it. not, it's not exactly fucking Stephen Thompson anymore, is it? It's fucking like, no, Shavkat no, Rachmanov. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. It's definitely, it's a different beast. I sort of think though, if you ask those guys for real, they all are like, we love Connor. And if Connor would fight us, we would like wet ourselves. They, they only I think would I, hate I, on I him agree, if he's I getting opportunities the they would want. You know what I mean? I agree like, with that last. Oh, dude, if he, because, hey man, he oh, bro. get a title oh, fight. <laughs> <laughs> if he fucking sparks Chandler, he'll get an Gaz? Oliveira fight G or he'll Gaz? get a title Gaz? fight. Yeah. If Connor yeah, yeah. McGregor knocks out Michael Chandler, you give him the title. You give him the title <laughs> shot. Yeah, 100%. Uh, bro, you... I... Fuck everybody else in that division. You give him the title shot. You want to talk about best for business? Like, they don't need Conor McGregor anymore like they used to need him. But fuck, they want him. You mm. want him there. You want him in big... Conor McGregor versus Islam Market. It'll be against Volk because Volk will win. But like... Just the idea of an Islam Makhachev Conor McGregor fight as a follow-up to we don't get a Khabib 2 fight. Like, that shit. Dana White wants that more than anything in the world. Dana White. I mean, there's so many. There's so many good, like... Obviously, you have the whole Khabib rivalry with Islam. With there's Volk. so many layers Volk, to Conor Volk, Volk is the bro. only... There's so many Volk layers to Conor Volk. Volk is the only featherweight champion. Ex Volk is the only featherweight champion that Conor hasn't beaten. And that is a fucking legacy-defining thing for him. But it's also and for both of them... One. It's, but it's not just Connor hasn't been. Volk hasn't been. The only featherweight yeah, champions... Yeah, Alexander Volkanovsky's been Aldo and Holloway three times. Connor's been yeah. Aldo and Holloway once. They've never mm -hmm. fought each other. The only four featherweight champions ever. Connor and Volk fight. Volk wins. Volk's been every yep. featherweight champion ever. He's the featherweight goat. And I mean, he's he would already have cemented himself as the greatest of all time by beating Islam becoming a double champion. Pound for pound number one. Mm -hmm. But there's layers to that, and they don't have to fight at featherweight for it to mean something for multiple divisions. They'd fight at lightweight for the lightweight title, but it would also be like a featherweight-defining fight as well. Who's the greatest featherweight of all time? It wouldn't really... They'd, you'd advertise it as such, but we already know the answer to that. Yeah. It's, it's but then just... also... Also, you can send Conor up to welterweight, have him have a crack at Leon. Assuming Leon like defends against Eastman, which is a fucking big assumption... That's but I think assumption. it's a more fun. I, I think it's a think more fun happens. fight. I, I think it's a more fun happens. fight than the Usman fight. I think it's a better oh, fight than the Usman oh, fight. Oh, you want you want Leon to win? Sorry, fights Connor. You want that to happen? Yeah. But I don't think. I mean, you want you want Masvidal to beat Burns so he can fight Leon, and you want Leon like you want those stories to yeah. happen in the UFC. But Masvidal's going to lose, and Leon's probably going to lose too. So like the reality of the sport will yeah. settle very that, quickly. Yeah. You know, it just is what it is, unfortunately. But there's a lot you can do with Connor, and if Connor beats Chandler, it's a title fight, bro. It's a fucking title it is. fight. What else do you do? What else do you do? I mean, I'd they, like they, to see it, him. I'd like to see him versus Oliveira because I think Oliveira is kind of the only other matchup in that top 
top echelon of lightweight that he can win because Oliveira is hittable and Connor does have fucking good ground and pound. I think that's like I, I'm sure that's something that will be controversial, but like I do think Connor could. Beat I agree. Oliveira. Oh, I I hundred percent agree because Connor. I mean, Connor's a counter striker and one of the best ever at counter striking, and Oliveira's a pressure fighter going to come forward at him. If you don't think that actually helps Connor, in like Connor can't capitalize on that and land big, big fucking shots on Oliveira, you're mistaken. He can't. He definitely can. I think, so I think those are the two Southpaw roots. stance and everything. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think they do an Oliveira fight, but I'm. I do think it's a winner. I'd be surprised. One. I'd be surprised, but it's a good one. If Islam. Somehow, some it's a very big uh, somehow. If somehow, <laughs> hypothetically, he would have beat the greatest fighter to ever walk the earth, Alexander Volkanovsky, this weekend. Um, Islam Connor's the it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, you have to. And I'd yeah. want to see it, which fucking I'd sucks for Benil. Because I, 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 I don't give I've a been on the Benil. Fuck about Benil Dariush. I've been on the, I've been on the Benil train. Fuck. For so long, I fucking like Benil Dariush. I, he's a bit weird sometimes. In his <laughs> he, is, he is weird. But I, <laughs> I, I he like is him super a lot. weird, bro. I <laughs> I like Benil. Nothing against Benil. Like I mm. like the guy. He's a nice guy. Would I have a beer with Benil Dariush? Fucking oath, I would. Seems like a really nice guy. You know, I just someone I'd want to hang out with. But we're talking business, Gaz. We're talking yeah, big we're talking business. Sorry, Benil. You're getting. I don't give a. <laughs> Fuck about Benil Dariush. Islam Magashev, Conor McGregor. But to be fair, by then, surely Benil's fought for the belt. If Benil is next... No. Surely no, he's, he's not next. He's fighting, he's fighting Oliveira. I mean, it's not confirmed, but like the whispers are that he's fighting Oliveira. And yeah. that's, a, that's, I, a, that's a close fight, I think. It is, a, it is a close fight, bro. That is a close fight. That's winnable for Benil still. It's winnable for Benil. And if Benil wins it, he has absolutely the best claim to the belt. Like, apart from... Du- like, Dustin has the best claim, sure. But also, Dustin's been choked out by two fucking grapplers. And he's fighting yeah. his- he'd be fighting... I mean, if he's not fighting Volk, then he'd be fighting Islam. And that's a terrible fight that no one wants to see because it's going to be a repeat. Yeah. It's just going to be Dustin getting laid on and choked again. Maybe. How <laughs> fucking depressing I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think Dustin could oh, be Islam. I think Dustin could have been. Game. Game. He could have. So. It's a big could have. Like it's like a one out of ten chance. But like it's not impossible for Dustin to have beaten Khabib. It's not impossible. Dust, dude. I still am pissed about that Dustin Oliveira fight. I'm like Dustin was winning that fight, and then Oliveira grabbed his glove and kept him down, and then gassed ah. him with the top position he only got by cheating. Let's not pretend yeah. otherwise, bro. Let's not pretend. Like I get it, Oliveira won, whatever. But he fucking grabbed a glove when Dustin had gotten away and was bringing it back to the feet where Dustin was piecing him up. <laughs> and he only gassed when he was held down like a fucking moron after he held the glove. That's all I'm saying. Dustin I'm not fucked sold. up. No, I'm not sold on the no glove No doubt about grab. it. Dude, it was a blatant glove grab. It was a... I, well, Dustin, clear Dustin as day has since been like... Dustin has since been like, I didn't think it was a glove grab. So... Fucking like look I don't. At, bro, if Dustin, if Dustin doesn't it. care, I don't care. If his fucking yeah. championship. If he doesn't care, I don't care. Whatever, whatever. I'm 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 just saying. I don't think you can ignore that. 
what I'm what I, and what I mean by it is whatever Oliveira won, but what I mean by it is they fight ten times. I'm saying Dustin can win five. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Um, Dustin can't not it, beat Oliveira, is what I'm saying. I'd put it lower. Day. I'd put I would put it lower, but I think like yeah, I do. I think agree. Dustin's I a better fighter it's... than Oliveira. I really do think that. I think he's better than him. Well, I don't know. I think I he's better know. than him. It took me a while to rate Oliveira, bro, because I've that. like I've watched Oliveira from when yeah. he was shit. You know, it's taken me a while. Like yeah. when Anthony Pettis choked him out at featherweight with a guillotine, easily. It was sort of like, ugh, this guy sucks. You know, that's what I remember. Yeah. Charles Oliveira, and now he's come up and he dyed his hair blonde and he's just like killing everybody. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? What happened? Yeah, yeah. It's it's his his lightweight run was so cool, and I think still will be cool. I don't think he's completely fucked. Like I think he's going to put on a good no, show not at all. Anil. I think he'll um, fight I think for he, the belt he again at some point. Badly against Islam. He did. Yeah, I can see it. I can see him fighting for the belt again. And like the the rematch is compelling. I don't think it's like an immediate give Oliveira a couple more fights, but like Yeah. Well I think you know. if, if Oliveira beats Benil convincingly and Connor loses to Chandler, you could make the argument Islam's ex in line. Yeah, I mean, you mean you mean Oliveira's next in line? Yes, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oliveira, you can make the argument. You can. Um, fuck, I don't know what you do in that situation, really. Because why not? Why can't part, Oliveira part, have a rematch? Well, because part of me wants Chandler Oliveira again because that was fucking fun. Mm, no, <sighs> you don't do that again. That serves no purpose. Fun. Exciting. I mean, I'd rather see... Hmm. Who does Dustin fight? That's the thing, right? Is like, in that situation, do you just let Dustin have it and lose again? I mean, I'd like to see Dustin Benil fight. Personally. Yeah, but Dustin's not interested in it. Dustin doesn't care because he doesn't want to fight new people. He wants to fight Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje over and over again. I get it. That's, (laughs) to be fair... That's a good fight. Gaethje, Dustin too would be good. I would. But I'd Dustin like that. fighting That's... Dustin fighting the winner of Gaethje Fazeev would be good. Fazeev, yeah, Fazeev's a fucking shout actually. Yeah, but like I'm not. Get, yeah, I don't, you know, I forgot no, Fazeev existed in this entire conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Fazeev. Fuck, that's the one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I think you do. Oliveira Benil. Dustin fights the winner of Char- uh, Justin Gaethje and Fazeev. And then you've got Connor Chandler there. And then you've got Volk Islam. So that's all the main top lightweights, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about Max versus Allen slash Jack Della Madalena? Or do we want to skip straight to co-main and main event, given how I mean, I'd, let's just no, like... No, 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 no. Let's talk about... Well, maybe we could skip Alan Holloway, which is a great... Well, we don't have to skip it. We'll just touch on it. That, I think that's a great fight. I'm excited for that fight. We'll obviously talk about it closer to the date. Yeah. Break it down. That's one of those fights we can break down. But I think that... Uh, that's a good fight for Max Holloway, to be fair. I mean, or just on paper, I think Max Holloway wins that fight. Convincing. I think Max Holloway wins it on paper for sure. But I think, 
we don't know what he looks like after the Volk fight. I think that Alan's pretty good. To, like from what I haven't, I don't have a good enough read on Alan, but I think he's pretty good defensively from what we've seen. He's not the sort of guy that's like gonna let. He's not Cater, you know, where he's not gonna let uh, Holloway like pick up a pace and just keep that pace on him. I think it's gonna look more like the Yair Rodriguez fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be I think it's probably a I think Holloway win. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's a Holloway win as well. I think it's a hard forward Holloway win, and I think Arnold yeah. will probably be better for it. I agree. That's there. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah. Nice one. So, I'm, I'm happy to break. You, let's break down a couple of fights on this UFC 284 card, not just the card yeah, yeah, yeah. main. Um, I want to talk about from the main prelim, the featured prelim: Tyson Pedro oh, okay. and Modest, um, Modestus. Bukowskis, Bukowskis. Yeah, right. So you don't even know who that guy is. I don't. I know. I've seen him fight, but I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> his fucking name, bro. I don't know. Didn't he fight Jimmy Crute? I have absolutely no idea, man. I like unranked heavyweights and not the fucking. Oh, they're light heavyweights. Unranked light heavyweights, and not where I'm at with my fucking knowledge. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's have a look. Modestus. Yeah, yeah, that was his last uh, fight. Yeah. Before Jimmy Crute, Jimmy Crute knocked him out in the first round. That was his last fight in the UFC, which is in 2020. He's just been re-signed to fight Tyson Pedro. Because this is a late replacement for Tyson. God, he's been rough recently, eh? Knocked Th- who out. Who has? Split decision. Uh, Bukorkas. Oh, yeah. Bukorkas. So is Jimmy Crute, to be fair. <laughs> so yeah, Jimmy yeah. He's lost his last Jimmy streak. Crute... He's also on this card. He is. Jimmy Crute is a guy that I got into right around the wrong time i was like oh he's cool and then he got his leg paralyzed by fucking uh anthony smith and then yeah. got clapped by jamal hill in like 48 seconds yeah um yeah well he's only lost his last two i should say he got ko'd by jamal hill and then his last fight was against anthony smith at the start of 2021 so he hasn't fought since around. then yeah. really yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, no, sorry. At the end of 2021, he fought Jamal Hill. You're right. That was the last one yeah. that knocked the fuck out. And then, so it's been over a year. Yeah, he's trading with with Bobby Knuckles. Oh, I didn't um, know. Yeah, he is. Well, we, we'll get that fight in a second. We'll get that fight in a second. But, um... Tyson Pedro, I think this is... So, I mean, this is just... This fight is designed for Tyson Pedro to knock, knock out Modestus. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the last two fights the Tyson Pedro's had has been designed for him to just dominate, and he's done that with first round finishes of his last two fights. And I think this is more of the same. And then I think you give him a rank guy after three. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably probably what they do, um, which I'm happy with because light heavyweight is just like just get interesting people in there in the rankings. I don't. Tyson's it's a great character, a, bro. It's great so character. barren. Yeah. Yeah. They I just, ch- like, put, put him in with Dominic Reyes. Like, I don't care. Just get get him up the rankings. Dude, Tyson Pedro could beat Dominic Reyes. I think, yeah, I think most people could probably beat Dominic Reyes at the moment. <laughs> no offence to Dominic Reyes, but, like, I don't rate Ryan Spann that highly. And he got knocked out in the first round against him. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think that being Dominic Reyes is like a big ask at the moment and so like fuck it yeah sacrifice him to Tyson Pedro yeah Tyson Pedro if he wins is um yeah I mean I think Tyson Pedro will win 
Tyson Bedros yeah. always sort of traveled around, two ACL surgeries, come back. He's at uh, City Kickboxing in Auckland now. His um, brother-in-law's to Tied to Avasa, the, the half-cast podcast they do together. They own um, Drink West, the beer brand, alongside Nathan Cleary, Australian rugby league player. Um, and Tyson's a character, man. I'm telling you, the way Tied to Avasa is a character, Tyson Pedro is a character too. Really mm. good for the sport. He just has not been given that same spotlight and opportunity to show that personality through. I hope he keeps winning fights like this because he's going to be a star, bro. I'm telling you, he has all the makings of a superstar in the sport, Tyson Pedro. He's a funny dude. I love him. I've been a fan of him for a very long time. I was at his debut. He debuted in 2016. It was the Robert Whitaker, Derek Brunson card. Debuted oh, yeah. um, okay. against Khalil Roundtree and finished him in the first round. Submitted him. Got dropped yep. in the first minute and then on the ground submitted Khalil Roundtree. And then Volkanovski also debuted on that card as well at lightweight. And got a second yes. finish, I believe, ground a pound. Um, and I, ever since both of the Vulcan and Tyson debuts, I've been big fans of them both. But I was more high on Tyson after that card. I was like, "Fuck, he's got the, this guy's got the look. He's got the right. mic skills. He's got a personality, you know. And he's in a bigger division. I'm like, fuck yeah, light heavyweight needs a guy like this. And then he sort of little had some bad you know, losses. Get yeah. Knocked out by the ghost of Shogun Hur. <laughs> that was tough bro <laughs> that felt like a starstruck moment where I'm like he was winning and then he just looked like he got fucking starstruck and just got fucked at the end mm-hmm. oh, it bothered me man <laughs> anyway I've got Tyson Pedro here Tyson Pedro first round finish that's that's my yeah, I don't, on that I don't have much of a read on it but like just looking at <laughs> looking at the records I'm also picking Tyson Pedro if I finish yeah yeah agreed um, and the next fight, you do have Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield. The Australian mm-hmm. versus the American. I mean, both more or less identical fucking records. Um, they're 13 and 3 and 12 and 3. Now, mm-hmm. the difference is Jimmy Crute's coming off um, two losses, bad losses. And Alonso yeah. is on a four-fight win streak right now. Uh, he's, he's on a two-fight. He lost the decision is to he? William Knight. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did too. Sorry. He's won four of his last five, I should say. Yeah, that's which is, yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. it is impressive. <sighs> um, and his last two wins have both been TKOs. First-round finishes. So he's got the momentum... Not that they're like big, super notable wins, but I no, mean, in, the, sure. in this division, I mean, who was a notable win? Like, like let's be honest with well, ourselves. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Crew's definitely had like a better recent strength of schedule, at least in terms of name value. Like, Jamal Hill's now the champion. That's yes. the last guy he lost to. Yeah, yeah. No, you're 100% um, right. Anthony, and, and Anthony Smith's a title challenger. Like, Anthony Smith's yeah, a top Yeah, Anthony Smith though. is like a perennial top fiver. So. Yeah. No, you, no, you're right. I think Jimmy Crute's fought... That's where I'm sort of sitting in because he's fought the more experienced guys. He's probably just going to have that in him and he's had a long layoff. He's reevaluated, reset himself. He's good to go. But, man, momentum's hard to beat. And Alonso, two-fight win streak, first-round finishes. I think if Alonso goes out hard and can't finish Jimmy, Jimmy might be able to show some grit he's been working on with Rob. 
some grit from experience fighting those t- tougher, higher echelon guys. Maybe you can mm-hmm. you can really you know finish it in the second or third round. That's what I'm gonna. That's my prediction here. I'm thinking Jimmy Crute wins second third round, TKO. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna plant my flag anywhere with this one. I don't know enough about either of them. Um, I'm gonna go with I guess I'll go with Menafield just based on momentum. Yeah, no, it's a good. Um, it's fair. I mean, I don't know. I'm not Menafield to be fair. I'm not confident. <laughs> no, no, neither am I. Neither am I. Um, a random heavyweight fight, middle of the card, Justin Taffer and Parker Porter. Um, a double knockout. Yeah, honestly. They both, they, is... both, they both get tired and die from exhaustion. It, there's no, like, there's no strategy here. There's no, like, let's break no. this down and predict who went. This is, this is designed to be someone's getting finished in the first round. This is designed yeah. for blood. That's what this fight's designed for. I have no prediction for this other than first round finish. I I really do hate that the UFC does that when they don't have good fights. Yeah. That they're just like, oh, screw it. Like, unranked heavyweights. Yeah. Like, that'll be a banger. Because it isn't a banger. Put some bantamweights in there. Put some lightweights in there. Because they're unranked heavyweights. Well, to be fair, they tried to have Kai, Cara France, and Robert Whitaker on the main They did. This this is a fallen off card, to be fair. They did, for sure. But there's, there's, I feel like there's definitely better fights you could have on that main card than two unranked heavyweights. Because the thing is, you get a 50% chance that they, they finish each other. And, like, that's fine. That's cool. The other chance that you get, though, is that they both fucking gas. And then you just have, like two potato sacks swinging at each other for 10 minutes and yeah. doing nothing and it's so frustrating to watch and it's not fun for the casuals like it's not fun for anyone because the people who know what they're watching are like oh my god this sucks and the people yeah. who don't know what they're watching are like oh my god this sucks yeah no i i agree i totally agree i yeah it's gonna be a bit of a shit show but the crowd's gonna be into it <laughs> and I think yeah, I mean there is an Aussie the first... in there, so yeah, it'll fin- it'll be finished in the first round. I, that's what I think. Either way, either way it goes, it'll be third. a first round finish. No, no, let's not worry about that. I think they those these <laughs> boys both know what their job is, and it's to go out there and either <laughs> be killed in that first round. That's your jo- if you're a heavyweight on a pay per view and you're not ranked and you're on a main card, your job. This is a PSA. Your job <laughs> is to kill or be killed in that first round. If you hear the bell for the end of the first round, you have failed at your job. And you shouldn't be paid at all. You should get nothing if you, <laughs> if you can't do that. I'm joking, obviously. But also half serious. About right. That, but also, yeah. But that I think they all go in with that mentality. And then if they can't finish it, they're fucking tied because they've blown their wad mm-hmm. like, in the first round. And so they're like, oh, what do we do now? And they just you sort fall of just, like, over. You down to 5,000 it. You have a cardiac arrest <laughs> in the middle of the octagon, you know. Now that would make it more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It's like a sudden death. Oh my god! Fucking data five thousand. Do you do you know about that? You know the yeah. the, yeah, 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 the yeah. legend of Kimbo Slice fighting. Data I haven't 5, ever watched it, but I know kind of oh, what dude. happened. Yeah. Oh my god! I'll never forget. I watched that live, dude. I'll never forget <laughs> that bullshit, and just wetting myself laughing. And Dada just falling over, and them just literally not even touch each other, falling over, and then them stopping it and keep. Oh, dude, what a shit show! Funny. The press conference was hilarious for it too. The whole lead up to it. 
So funny. And then I'm pretty sure that's where they did Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie 3. I think it was on the same car. It was the, the main event of that. And it was just... And then, like, Hoist Gracie kicked him in the nuts and the fight ended in the first <laughs> so, And they looked like 60 years old, both of them. Anyway. Yeah, disaster. right. Disaster. Okay, featured bout of this card. Jack Della Maddalena versus Randy Brown. This is fight of the night written all over it. Um, yeah. This is a certified um... banger. This is also... Tough one to call. Jack Dello is on a 13-fight win streak, 3-0 and in the UFC, all first-round finishes, rookie of the year last year, fighting who's now a bit of a UFC veteran in Randy Brown, who's on a four-fight win streak himself, hasn't lost since he, um, he lost to Vicente Luque in 2020. I mean, Randy Brown's a bit of a dog, bro. He's been in yeah, the UFC looking... a long time, since 2016. I'm looking down his record, and the people... I don't know who Michael Graves is, but the people that he's lost to aren't bad. Like, Bilal Muhammad, Nico Price, Vicente Luque, they aren't bad people to lose to. No. Well, this is the thing. Um, this is the thing. Either Jack Della Maddalena is a future top contender, or he's not. Yeah, right. Like, that's what this fight is. Like, I know everyone's sitting here thinking, I'm thinking the same thing. It's like, oh, Randy Brown's sort of a tough fight. He might lose. Is this too soon? And you're like, no, no, no. If Jack Deller is who we think he is, he should beat the piss out of Randy Brown. Yeah, he should. Right. You know what I mean? If Jack Della Maddalena is as good as I think he is, you think he is, and a lot of fans think he is based on what we've seen of him, if he really is a future top five guy, potentially a future welterweight champion or title challenger at the very least, if he is that, this is no problem. He beats Randy Brown. He beats him well. He beats him first round, to be totally honest with you. Do I think he does that, though? Deep down, do I think he does that when I look at this on paper? I think... You know, I think, yeah, I think Jack Della puts him away in the first round. I think he beats the piss out of him. I think Jack Della is as good as I think he is. I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about it. I'm sort of coming up with this on the fly. I've got Jack Della first round. I think he puts him away late in the first. I think they'll have a a minute or two feeling out process by third, fourth minute, Jack starts landing, landing hard. And then the last minute puts him away. I think, I think it's clean work too. I don't think he gets hit a lot. I think he puts, I, I think he puts, I know there's a big height and reach difference, but I think Jack Dell is good enough. I think Jack Dell gets this done. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it goes longer than you think it will. Yep. I think the guys that, Jack Della's beaten early haven't been like great. Ta- I mean, they're not been like terrible at points, but like they haven't been great talents. Um, I think they that... made a fight that Russian wrestler. That second fight was yeah. not a, that was a tough. Challenge. It wasn't an easy one. It, yeah, no. for sure, for sure. But it was, but it was, it was also like he defended one submission, and almost got caught, but like yeah, and then, and then just like battered his body to pieces. Yeah. Um. Well, I think he batters the body. If you don't think Jack Dell is just bodying up Randy Brown in this fight, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be three minutes of just attacking the body, and then he's going to start putting combos together, body head, body head, body head. That's how I think he puts Randy Brown away. I think it's against the fence. I think he body head, like, one, two to the body, hook to the head. That a couple times eventually drops him and, and puts him away against the fence is how I see it going. I'm I'm gonna go Jack Della round two. Okay. And I'm not doing that confidently. Really? 
Yeah, I, I just mean, you got to ride with your guys, like, bro. At some point, you got to be like, if he's as good as we think he is, he's gonna fucking beat the shit out of Randy Brown. And if he's not, then we shouldn't be talking about him like we are. Yeah, but but all but all, I think a lot of great fighters have those fights on their journey. That I get it. They, I don't think Randy the, Brown's that fight though. I don't think Randy Brown's that fight. But then he starts getting into the rankings. You know, after this, it's fucking like Li Jingliang. You know, it's that sort of echelon. You yeah, know, Vicente Luque type guys. Oh man, I think Jack Della beats Vicente Luque. I oh yeah, I'm I'm feeling that. But I think that's a, a easier fight. I get what you're saying than Randy Brown stylistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stylistically, right. I get yeah, the styles make fights, and I get that Randy Brown's not an easy matchup style wise. But I think Jack's boxing's so good, and he's someone that really does mix up to the body well, and that's what you need to do against these tall guys. And Jack also even described made me feel better just this week. He was talking about him. Um, one of his sparring partners, I believe his brother, has a very similar size and build to Randy. So Jack goes, okay. I'm very used to fighting guys built like this. And I'm like, that says, I'm telling you, it says a lot yeah. when your training partners are built a certain way. It, you get used to styles. There's people yeah, in my right. gym that styles I'm used to and I know how to fight against because I'm used to training with them. For sure. Like it goes a long way when you know the style and you can feel comfortable right away. And if he's saying that, I'm like, dude, this guy's as cold as ice this week. Jack Dell has got this in the bag. I, I'm I I really feel that way, and I like Randy yeah. Brown. He's a re- seems like a great fucking guy, and he's a great fighter. But I, I think Jack Dell is gonna do some clean okay. work here. Yeah, you you won me over, Jack Dell round two. Um, yeah, I'm feeling better about I'm gonna it. Plump, I'm gonna I'm gonna plant the flag. I feel I don't I think it'll be hard. I think he'll have moments where we're like, oh, he looks this is the hardest fight today. Thing. Like I think Randy Brown will find some things yep. in the fight that make that like other people will look for in future fights, if that makes sense. I think it's going to be one of those where, like, because there's nothing that we've seen of Jack Della, at least that I've seen of Jack Della, where I'm like, oh, these are obvious weaknesses. Like, his grappling isn't, like, superb, but... His defense is really fu- good. And, He's got the yeah, right. grit. He's got the Aussie grit, bro. He's got the fucking and, tick and, and go. Until... Until he's fighting guys like Usman, like, like, until he's fighting the wrestlers of that division, of which there are yeah. a lot. Yeah, there um, are. I think he hasn't really shown anything like particularly rough with the striking. He's looked fucking phenomenal each time. Yeah. And he's also just overwhelmed people and made them not want to strike back because they opened themselves up. As a body hitter, like he is just piecing you up and freaking you out the entire time. And yeah. I think that Randy It's his Brown hometown, bro. It. It's his hometown. I, it's not I just it's Randy not Brown just in Australia, it's in his hometown town in Perth. Yeah, right. This is a big coming out party for Jack Della Maddalena. And I don't think Randy Brown's going to make it easy for him, is all I'm saying. I think I think Randy I Brown agree. will find a couple things which people will then look to as how do I be this guy? Mm, okay. But I but I don't but I don't think he's going to do enough with it. I think it's just going to be like, "Oh, he didn't like he didn't check those He'll land a couple shots is what you're saying. He'll land a couple good shots. Yeah, but I think there'll be I think there'll be like a pattern to them, you know? Yeah, I get you. Okay, I'm with you. That's I'm what I'm going to go with. I think it's Fair that sort of fight for Jack Bender. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. On to the co-main event of the evening, the interim featherweight championship, the number one contender's belt. Yair Rodriguez okay. versus Josh Emmett. I've got a lot to say. I'm writing something on this at the moment. Okay. Um, do you want to Do you want to go... Well, maybe I'll give you my... I don't have a lot to say about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go for it, and then I'll, I'll talk around. Um. 
I think I think Yair Rodriguez wins, and I think Yair Rodriguez wins well. Yeah. In this fight. I think Josh Emmett's a great fighter. I think Yair's a great fighter. I think stylistically, Yair's very good. I think Yair's way better on the feet. Especially with distance control mm. and being able to roll with punches and see things coming. I don't think Josh is going to land those big power shots that he's going to do. Josh Emmett's fast as fuck, but so is Yair, bro. Yair's so fast. And what we saw in that Max Holloway fight, I think Yair's leveling up every fight more and more. I think Yair finishes Josh. I think he finishes him in like second, third round. I think it'll be a close first round, feeling each other out. I think by the second, Yair will land a few. And I think he's just got to land something out of nowhere. I think it'll be quite timid and quite close until Yair lands something hard and fast. And then it'll put Josh away. That's my just two cents on it. If you're writing something on it, how are you, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? You probably I'm, have been I'm paying way more attention to this. Yeah, I've, I've this past couple of weeks, I've watched their, all their fights. Have you? I'm just going um, off on vibe yeah. of just the hit. I haven't watched fights <laughs> recently. I've watched all their fights over their careers in the UFC, but I just yeah, haven't right. seen... Haven't watched them recently. Um, That's I think, vibe. I think I agree with you. I think that it's should be a Yaya Rodriguez win. I think there's there's things that Josh Emmett does that will make that will freak Yaya out a bit. Um, he's got a really nice right hook to the body, which he sets up with his overhand. Um, mm. And Yaya has been someone that slows down, and also has been someone that his like the Holloway fight is a prime example of this where. He comes out and he's got a high guard and he's got like good defensive habits. And you fast forward to round four, round five, when he's got tired, he's got outvolumed. Not that Josh Emmett's someone that's going to outvolume him, but he's someone that's going to hit the body. Um, get Yair Rodriguez, get Yair Rodriguez tired, and he's someone that will start to lose his defense a lot and will start running around looking to spin. And that's the sort of place where Josh Emmett can catch him with an overhand. If Yair Rodriguez mm. is running back in a fucking straight line with his hands by his sides, which he did a lot against Holloway, that's the one place where I'm like, ooh, Emmett can get you there. Mm. Um, that's a great pickup. That's a great pickup. The way Yair exits, but, exchanges late in fights, is not defensively sound. No. Um, I think that, again, I think, like, the one thing that really piqued my interest is Yair Rodriguez is a dedicated and vicious calf kicker. He fucking mm. slams people's calves and makes them fall over when he does it, you know? It's yeah. it's nasty and it looks like it fucking hurts. And yeah. Josh Emmett is someone... fucking worse than a calf kick, bro. Fuck Josh shit. Emmett fighting Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos beat the shit out of Josh Emmett's calves. Emmett is someone that bounces a lot. He likes to, like, run in with his overhand. He's like very movement heavy he's got quite a wide stance doesn't check kicks very well and mm. Mm. Rodriguez is also someone that I don't think is going to be discouraged if you check a couple kicks and he also kicks so much that you, when you see him lift his leg up you're not like oh that's a leg kick yeah so I think that's going to be a big thing for him and I also think the way that Emmett rushes in um, which he does do feels way too much to me like the zombie thing it feels like the per like Rodriguez a lot will spin for like a spinning back fist, an up elbow, a spinning elbow, or, like a, a, a spin kick. You know, that's the sort of thing that I think that Emmett 
will probably find himself running into. Yeah, I, and I think... don't. I, if it doesn't knock him out, it'll, I think it'll drop. He's not got that. Like Holloway got hit by uh, like three or four as he rushed in on. Oh, I think it'll be. I think and... yeah, he's going to land some cool, crazy shit that's going to drop drop Emmett. Because like I like you're saying, what Max took, it's Max fucking Holloway. Yeah, he took exactly. a built different. Josh Emmett ain't that. It's like no. you ain't that guy, bud. Like that's that moment. Maybe he is. Maybe and Josh Emmett proves it's all wrong, and he is that guy. I just don't think he is. But he's also what is he? Thirty eight now? Thirty seven? Is he? Fuck me. Nineteen eighty March nineteen eighty five. He's almost thirty eight. Wow, I didn't so realise like, he was that old. He looks that old, but I didn't realise he was Yeah, just like as a featherweight, you're on the part of your career where you're going to start declining. You know, you've had hard fights against mm. Ige and Cater and Burgos. You're not like... so. And, if it and, was, and let's if be it honest, was, Calvin Cater won that fight, but that's, you know, that's my Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, my you know what, that's a, fight, that's a fight where I'm not sure on. Um, I'm kind of happy either way. Yeah. Um, but... Well, I'm not. Yeah, okay. I just think I think I think Rodriguez will catch him at some point. Me too. And I think he'll kick the calves. And I think Emmett just isn't gonna. A lot has been made. I think he's the better fighter. Of... I just think he's the better fighter overall. A lot's been feeling. made with Emmett of his like. People say he's just gonna Frankie Edgar him. He's gonna take him down and no. sit on top and. And I'm like, Dude, that I'm was like, like when is Josh? Oh, but like. Okay, but like Jeremy Stevens did that to Yaya Rodriguez. He got fucking taken down and held down for good periods of time by Max Holloway. Like, I think Yaya Rodriguez still suffers on bottom position. Um, he, I think oh, he's it's way not too... Like he, if, he, if, he can't, if he can't submit people, I think he's just like, sound, I'll sit here and elbow them. Which is great until people start hitting back. Um, but I, I pose the question, like, when has Yaya Rodriguez... Sorry, when has Josh Emmett ever held anyone down like that? He's not fucking Frankie Edgar. No. I don't think he's... He's he's a wrestle boxer. He's a Team Alpha Mayor wrestle boxer. But he's not, like, that top heavy. No. He, like, he, he gets down on Shane Burgos after knocking him down. And Shane Burgos just kicks him off. And is like, come on, let's get back up. Mm. And that's kind of the story of Josh Emmett's takedowns. He'll get someone down hold him down for 30 seconds and they'll get back up and re-engage. I think he's way too happy to like to stand. Mm, that's interesting. So I, I just, I don't see this narrative where he's gonna sit on him and bash his fucking head in. Mm. No, you're right. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think I'm with you, mate. That, yeah. So I'm, I'm picking, yeah, yeah, I'm picking, I'm picking later finish. I think it'll be round three, round four. I like it. I like it. Okay. I'm going Yaya early. I'm going to say... Yeah. I mean, I really feel like it's going to be early, early, but I'm going to say third round. Yeah, that's valid. Third round. He's chopped the leg about. Emmett's slowing down. He's going to... Of course, I think he's going to catch him early, first round. He's going to land some big shots. I think Josh is going to have damage on his face and be bleeding by that third round and then get finished. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. You know, he's someone that's been knocked out before. Yeah, he's someone that's taken fucking heavy shots. He's like Calvin rocked him with a one-two. Yeah. Um. And I think Rodriguez hits harder and hits nastier and with more variation than Cater does. So I think I think Goya takes it. You know, 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, 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 I struggle to see Emmett. He's not like a crisp pocket boxer. He, he's not someone that will like get in range with your ear and box him up from like boxing range, which is what someone, um, like fucking. Let me see who who for who's yeah for. Um, both my tabs are Josh Emmett by accident. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like someone like Holloway. People that have given him trouble in the boxing, Chan Sun Jung, you know, who will like stand in front of you and box you and won't give you that range. Obviously, like, Zombie lost that fight, but he was fucking winning it until yeah. the last second of the fight. Yes, quite literally, the um, last second of the fight. And Emmett isn't that guy. He's not someone that will like box you at range. He's someone that will get in, get out. Yeah, um, I'm with you. With like big shots. So I just don't see that happening, sadly. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Ma- go main event interim. Main event time. Main event time. Main event time. <sighs> the okay. undisputed lightweight championship on the line. Pound for pound, number one on the line. The undisputed UFC featherweight champion and pound for pound number one fighter in the world, Australian Alexander the Great Volkanovski, fighting the pound for pound number two undisputed UFC lightweight champion of the world. Islam Mahachev. One of the biggest fights in history, arguably the biggest fight in history in terms of stats, what it means for the sport, pound for pound one versus two, never happened before, other than arguably DC John Jones. Um, this is huge. It's huge for the sport. It's huge for Australia. Mm-hmm. I, I only have one way I can, will, and must go which is Australia's about to see their first champ champ and the greatest of all time in the history of MMA will be cemented as an Australian as it should be, as it makes sense to be and that's Alexander the Great Volkanovsky I think it's going to be the hardest fight of his fucking career and I think he's going to win a decision and I think it's going to be like a fucking close decision I think it's going to be 47 Volkanovsky I think Islam's going to get him down and Islam's going to have rounds. I think there's going to be rounds where Islam's on top. There's at least going to be one round where Islam's on top most of the round. But he's not going to be able to get the damage he wants on Volk and Volk's going to make it so hard for him and Volk will get up from takedowns. But I think there will be one round maybe later and Islam's not going to be able to do much with it. It won't be like 10-8. Um, but there'll be people online going, it should have been a draw. That was a 10-8. It's like, well, he didn't do anything. Um... And then there's going to be rounds I think Volk's going to get good positions, including when he's getting up and in certain grappling exchanges. And I think when they're on the feet, I think Volk's going to be really smart defensively and I think he's going to land just enough volume with the leg kicks, the in, especially that inside leg kick when he switches stances and throws, yeah. throws the one-two and exits with that inside leg kick. I think he's going to land that with success. His speed's going to be a factor for that and I think he's going to get those points and 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 sort of bank some rounds in. I think if this fight's finished, it's going to be on the feet for Volk. It's going to be on the ground for Islam that we do know. I think that's yeah. obvious for everyone. Yeah. I'm, I think it's a Volk decision. I think it's a close fight. I think it's a hard fight. I think I've got anxiety for 30 fucking minutes for it. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> I think I'm going to feel sick the whole time. I'm going to feel sick. Yeah. Um, I literally feel sick even talking about this fight. I'm so nervous for Alex Volkanovsky because it's all on the line. He's wearing the green and gold of the nation mm. on his trunks. 
he's carrying the weight of the nation on his shoulders. He's fighting on home soil. He has to win, Gaz. Gaz, he has to win. He can't lose yeah, to Islam. Sadly, he won't, though, will he? <laughs> Sadly, you, you, so you think you think you think you're picking Islam. You're picking Islam. Um begrudgingly and I think as a little bit of cope, um picking <laughs> Islam. I think I think I like Are I you just telling hate, yourself so you can't fucking, be disappointed? Expect disappointment so you never disappoint. I fucking I fucking hate you. I fucking hate like Volkanovsky, all the people who are making me believe <laughs> that it's possible. <laughs> Because I, I almost see it. I almost see it. You do. You but don't, I don't. see it. You do see it, don't you? You see it. You see it. Thing is, right? If anyone's gonna go up against those odds and win, it's fucking Volkanovski. There is never. There, there isn't a fighter who is as smart, as adaptable, mm. as like genuinely fucking gritty. To yeah. like the the Ortega like submission escape gave me all the confidence i need that he is he's got one fucking hell of a heart that man he's the grittiest man on earth his ticker is without question he's as true blue as true blue gets that's that's alex volkanovsky i i i think i don't think islam can do what you think he can do with him on the ground because he's not gonna like ortega snapped into submission positions Ortega snapped into because that's what Ortega does. He yeah. sees things. He can transition to a submission on the feet. No one can do that. Islam's not doing that. Islam takes you down, gets to a position, works to position better than anybody other than Khabib. Like that's what they did. That's their style. And then once they're in that position, works for a submission. No one's ever done that to Volk. Even if they get him down, he gets back up. And as soon as Volk was out of submissions, he was immediately in dominant positions against Brian Ortega. Oh, but he's not, not going to do I'm, that to Islam. No, though, no, 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 no. I'm not sitting here saying he's going to do that in reverse and get grand upon Islam. No way. I'm just saying he's going to be able to maneuver his way out of it and get back to the feet. And land I think, elbows okay. in the clinch, land leg kicks to slow him down. I think Islam's going to be bewildered on the feet here. I really do. I agree. I agree. Um, and I think Volkanovski is not like Charles in the sense of where Charles didn't respect Islam's stand-up and was also so wary of the takedown that he, like Connor did the same thing against Khabib, got outstruck based on the fear of the takedown. I think Volkanovsky's mindset is, don't be afraid of the takedown, expect the takedown, welcome the takedown, we'll deal with the takedown when it comes. If we're on the feet, we're focusing on the feet. We're not sitting here waiting for him to take me down. We're not doubting ourselves. We're just going to fight our fight and try to land strikes and not get struck. I don't think Volk's going to fall for the striking of Islam. I don't think Volk's going to be afraid of the takedown. I think he's going to go with the flow, be present in the moment, because that's how he fights. That's how he's always fought. I think that's his X factor in this fight against Islam, is he's going to take every position as it comes. He's got the fight IQ to do so. Yeah, he he has said, he said, um, like, you're going to be, you're going to see me be aggressive on the feet. You're going to see me go for him on the feet, because I know those are my... That's my he has area. To. Like that's that's where I'm gonna win, he said. So like I like yep. that mentality from him. Um, what I struggle with is just he's not got that that takedown defense. I just don't think, and he's been working on it. Sure, and like the thing is, I just don't think that 
within three months of a training camp or like maybe maybe six months i don't know i don't think he's gonna have be able to have done enough to put him up. He, if he if he had aldo take down defense if he had rob whitaker take down defense i'd be picking him Bro. um i just don't think I, you... that he's got that and i think that i think that islam's gonna win rounds and i think that islam's gonna kind of fucking hit his head a lot on the ground Sadly, I think. How do you think? Be... Do you how do you think this ends? Do you think it's an Islam finish or an Islam decision? I struggle. I think. I think if it's a decision, I think there's going to be points where it's close to a finish, and then Volk like bucks off. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just. I can kind of. The just worst case scenario is a first round finish to, to Islam. That's the worst case. Yeah, Nothing could be worse. For sure. For sure. Um, but I think I get the feeling Volk will win rounds. And I think it'll be this. I think it'll be an admirable performance, dude. The longer the fight um, goes, the better it suits Volk. Yeah, when you're yeah, in the fourth and fifth round, that. I'm telling you, it's going to be harder. Volk's going to be 100. percent He's the yeah. Terminator, bro. He's going to be there, ready to go. Yeah, and he's going to be no, trying I, to get I, points on the feet. I am 100 percent a Volkanovski fanboy. I fucking love that guy. I think he's the best fighter out there. I've been calling him Pam Pam number one for a fucking while. Yep. You know he and I I. I think he's still Pam Pam number one, no matter which way this fight goes. I get what you're saying. I, don't, I think I think that like obviously Pam for Pam one is on the line. It's part of the storyline. No matter what happens, like if yeah. Islam wins, he's getting that title like it's a fucking belt, you know. Yeah. But I, I think understand. realistically, Volkanovski is the Pam for Pam number one, irregardless of this. I agree with um, you. I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But I just think Islam's going to be too big, too strong. He's going to sit on him. Like mm. Volkanovski will get up a couple times, but he'll take some damage each time he goes down. <sighs> Which is really mm. sad to say. I, I think don't Volk's like too it. positionally sound. I just, I just do. I don't think Volk's getting. I, I just don't think Volk's gonna get. Um, take the damage you think he's on the ground. I think he's gonna be so hard to hold down. I really do. I really, really do. You're talking about a, a a prop from rugby league, the best base for MMA, rugby league. You've seen it with Robert. <laughs> Whitt- you want to know why Robert Whittaker's takedown defense is good? It's because rugby tackling. It's not from wrestling. <laughs> rugby rugby teams, even, rugby players rugby. have wrestling in their program. Like any rugby yep. league club or rugby club has wrestling coaches. That's what they do. Yeah, sure. And you got Volk, a big guy going up against he- fucking heavyweight men tackling the shit out of him his whole upbringing this guy is not a wrestler he's a rugby fucking league player and a rugby league player <laughs> a prop a prop he's not getting I taken down so by much. nobody stop he's making getting, me believe it he's not getting taken down by fucking islam mahachev dana doesn't even know what his name <laughs> is how the fuck do you expect him to be volkanovsky you know what i mean if the uh, president of the ufc can't even remember his name what do you want me to say the only thing I can say, which is he's going <laughs> to lose. But I think this will be the hardest fight of Volk's career and Islam's career. I think oh, this is a yeah, close fight. I, I, think it goes all f- I think it goes all five rounds, and I think Volkanovski wins. That's what, that's, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. planting my flag in that. And I hate that because I just want Volk to finish him in 30 seconds. But I feel like it'll be 30 minutes of anxiety. That's what I think it'll be. I think it'll be me wanting to throw up for an hour the half an hour before the fight and the half an hour of the fight. And then if he loses the half an hour post fight, probably I'd say half an hour 
hours, days, weeks, maybe months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'll take a while to get over. Um, and we'll be back here next week with another episode and I will be in tears. You know? And I... Don't get me wrong. I can't... I'm biased. I'm an Aussie. Volk's my boy. I'll never say anything and I'll never pick against him. I don't care if he's fighting Francis Ngannou. I'm not picking against him. I am biased. But... Don't get it twisted. I know how hard this is. I know how fucking unlikely it is that he does what I think he's going to do. But I just believe. Yeah. I just believe Volk's the guy. And a part of the sport, a part of why this sport's so good, Gaz, a part of why I'm here fucking talking about it is there's moments and you want and you get to believe. Because until, once this fight happens, and let's say, hypothetically, Islam just dominates him, and we then live in the world where Islam's better than Volk, whatever, blah, 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 Volk is not that guy. A part of this sport is the journey. And right now, I get to believe Volk is that guy. And until I see the fight, he, in my head, he's the guy. And I want to believe it. I choose to believe it. I believe it. Volk wins. Volk's going to double champ it. Goat. After this. And if anyone's going to do it, it's Alexander Volkanovsky. That's, I'll agree with you. If anyone's going to do it, it's Alexander Volkanovsky. Not if anyone's going to beat Islam, but if anyone's going to move up a weight class against those sorts of odds, against a bad style matchup for him, and win, and win well, it's Volkanovsky. There is no one else that can do that sort of shit, in my opinion. Um, That being said, don't think he's going to do it, sadly. Um... Mm. And I'm, 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 maybe I'm just saying that as a, like a self-defense mechanism to yeah, like I get not it. cry. I understand. To, on part Saturday. of me wants to just, part of me wants to be with you, so I don't get disappointed. But I, I have to. I'll, I'll, dude, hold the line, bro. Got to fucking back all the boys, Aussies, Kiwis. I'm with you. I'm backing the boys 100% always. Like I don't care about the odds. That's what we've built on, bro. That's the underdog mentality. That's the Aussie way. That's what we do. This is what we like. This is what I want to see. This is what Volk likes. I want to see it, bro. He's on fucking home soil wearing the green and gold. Panther Pound number one, the undisputed champion of the featherweight division of the world. Fighting the biggest challenge anyone could ever face in Islam Archev. Like, this is crazy that this fight's happening. I can't wait for this fight. I can't wait to talk to you about it after the fight. And I just hope and pray that Alex Volkanovsky makes history and beats Islam Markachev. All right, Gaz, that's it. UFC 284 this Sunday, Saturday night, I guess, for the American mm-hmm. Sunday day for me in Australia. Sunday, Sunday morning Sunday for early, me. early morning for you in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. UFC 284, one of the biggest cards of the year. We'll be back next week to break it all down. Which I can't wait for. And then I'm sure you'll see our no. reactions and things like that on social media. Follow us everywhere. Both Gaz and I, our Twitters and Instagrams will be in the description as well as the Switching Stances mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram. It's a community page, breaking news posts, community polls, things like that. All on there. We'll be interacting there. Fight breakdowns, all that sort of stuff. Follow us there. Um, and then you can know when new shows, videos or anything is coming out on on the uh the network or on anything else um appreciate everyone for supporting us for this first episode uh if you like what you saw what you heard be sure to subscribe 
rate us on all podcast services on on youtube give us likes it really helps comment for the algorithm push us up <laughs> let's get this show going um we appreciate the support and if you're someone that's come from past shows that isn't into combat sports you're like maybe i'll give this a show a shot give it a shot come along in this mm-hmm. journey with us um love anyone and everyone involved and in the future we'll get sort of fan questions things like that in, yeah, in topics sure. involved in the episodes but we just want to kick it off guests mate we have, and get well, down the road we'll 100 have guests um yeah but with any podcast any show um any sort of video series it takes a while to build an identity and i know that you and i over time we obviously already have a great rapport but we're going to build our own yeah. identity for what the show is and then we'll start throwing guests in there and community stuff so there's a bright future for this show we're both all in on it so um we can't wait for you all to come this journey with us so thank you guys did uh, you have anything else you wanted to say before we wrapped it up no no i'm, I'm pretty happy um yeah looking forward to next week amazing Just being able to talk about all this and knowing the sadness that will come no 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 next it's week gonna be sad, i'm gonna, gonna be, sad, be sad, fucking sitting cry. here draped in the australian flag <laughs> with fucking i'm gonna spend hundreds of dollars to get two replica belts in the other shot no i won't do that fuck that but the australian <laughs> flag draped on my shoulder as jack della madalena gets the win tyson pedro gets the win and alexander volkanovsky becomes the double champ pound for pound number one goat of mixed martial arts thanks everybody for tuning into this episode again like subscribe follow us everywhere and we will see you next week for the breakdown post fight of ufc 284 thank you And goodbye. Goodbye.